Matthew 5.14 says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I don't know those of you who have had the opportunity to fly in a plane at night. And when you fly over a city, you know what you see? Lights. Lights. You see all the, the, the lights from far off. You can, you can tell the areas of population at night because you see it's all bright over here and it may be dark over here. You can tell the density of, of where people live. And what God is saying in his word is that we should be a light. How, do, how does our belief in Christ change our life? How does, it, how does it make an impact on the people that are around us? Do the people around us know what we believe? Do they know who we are? Amen. So we're going to look at some things about shining our light. And it's not comprehensive, but just to uh, get this going tonight, how do we shine our light? Well, the Bible tells us that one of the things that, that we should be able to do is be positive. I said before that if you're a Christian, you should be the happiest one in the room. Now, that might be unrealistic, but if you, if you had faith, if we were where we ought to be, that should be true. I don't think that Jesus was ever depressed. Do you think so? He was disappointed. There were times when he was sad, but I don't think he was ever depressed because he knew who he was, right? He knew who he was. If you know that you're a child of the king, that should make you smile. That should make you happy. So it's what we give out. It's what comes out of our mouth, the Bible says, that defiles us, right? So what comes out of our mouth? As a Christian, what should come out of our mouth? All right. It should be a good word, whatever it is, right? Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a word of encouragement. Uh, seasoned with grace. Okay. Matthew fifteen eleven says this. It's not that what goes into the mouth that defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth this defileth a man. So what I'm saying, the Bible says you are known by what you say. You are known by what you say. The fruit that you're giving off is what you say. Right? Do you always have a good word? Do you always have Sister Robin? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what... That's what uh, it's trying to tell us it's what's inside will come out. So that means that we have to make sure that what we have inside is wholesome, right? Now, I, we're all human, and we all know that when we get tired, and it's been a long day, we tend to get a little bit sharp, you know? The elbows come out. The answers become much more clipped, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know if it's only you. I'd like to think I'm perfect, but I know I'm not. You know, the answers become very, very short. Yes, no, because we don't have time for all of this stuff. We're tired and it's been a long day. But truthfully, letting our light shine, I want you to think about what does that mean? What does that mean? Don't give me the answer now. 
How do we let our light shine? How are we supposed to, as Christians, let our light shine? Do we go around with a, go, go, go by a really bright flashlight and just be taking it and putting it in people's faces? How do we let our light shine? Well, Jesus gives us lots of ways, but the first one he says that people will know us is, is how? Someone said truth, someone said love, all good answers. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And that sounds very good. But how do you put that into practice? Don't answer. I want you to think about it. How do you put love into practice? How do you know if someone loves you? Think about it. How do you know if someone loves you? The Bible says that we, we are to let our light shine. And so the Bible also says it's what comes out of us that defiles us or not. Now, some weeks ago, I told you I had a little bit of a revelation. And so I'm going to bring that revelation right now. The Bible tells us this, that um, by this verse 35, all men will know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. And in the New Testament, Jesus is always speaking about light and that ye are the light of the world. And we're supposed to be like a city set on a hill. People are supposed to see us and know us, right? And know about us. I think when I first moved here, most of the people who had been here many years all knew my father. They would say, oh yes, he used to sit out on there. They knew him because he wasn't hiding. They knew who he was. They knew... Um, the church. And so, again, I'm wanting to, to think about how do we let our light shine? How do we let our light shine? Okay, so in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, we're commanded to, to pass on, well, in the New Testament too, whatever God has given us, we're, we're to use it to bless his people, right? And we do that by, how do you bless somebody? In the Old Testament, when they say, when we ask for a blessing, what does that mean? Right. It's, it's again, something that comes out of the mouth is what is typically known as a blessing. When they say, I'm going to give you the blessing. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is as a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. We are supposed to be a light that we be able to win souls. Right? A light is something that does what? shines and 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 what does it do all right before you answer i'll tell you i'll tell you a story okay i used to be in the uh i don't know what you call it the, the uh rotc or something like that and they would take us out on exercises and we did an exercise where we were supposed to be behind enemy lines and this was in the middle of the night they took us miles 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 out in the country and dropped us in the middle of these woods <laughs> in the middle of the night and we were to get back to camp without getting caught. And they had all these other people searching for us. But they played a, a little bit of a trick. They went, when we got closer to where the, we thought we were supposed to be, we saw this really beautiful, blazing, nice fire. And it was a very cold night. So you know what? We, where we headed? We headed to the light. And of course it was a trap. But we are not supposed to be a trap except for Christ. 
if we are a light, then people will head to us in a dark world, won't they? When people are, are depressed and, and down and, and, and going through things, if they see you come into work or at school um, praising and lifting up God, but you can only do that if you have it to give. The disciples, when they went by the temple, such as I have, give I to thee. The problem is we don't have a lot in there, so we don't have much to give. But the Bible is telling us that we should be a light. We should be a light. There was a light as a sign of his first coming, wasn't there? What was that? A star. And that heralded his first coming. And it was so dramatic that it was wise men hundreds of miles away that saw and knew something special had happened. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Here's the interesting thing. The Bible tells us that there will be a sign at his second coming. There will be a sign at his second coming. And um, this is just me now. I think it will be another light. But it won't be a star in the sense of... uh, what the wise men saw. Who do you think the light is supposed to be? The church. Us. Us. I'll prove it to you. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. And it's interesting how it phrases it. It was wise men that saw the first light and knew what it was. Daniel 12 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, in other words, as a star, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Now, in context, this verse is is telling Daniel when certain things are going to happen. I should have put the rest of it. But he's asking, when is all this stuff going to be? And he's told it's for a long time future, Daniel, from when you wrote this. But here's going to be the sign of that time. That the wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as stars forever and ever. Do you see the connection there? (laughs) I really think that God was giving us a hint there that the sign of his coming is when people are starting to turn to him. There will be somewhat of a revival as people see, just like, like we were when we were in the dark, we saw the light and that's where we headed. Right, And if we are that light, people will head to us. You ever known someone who's always, well, maybe not, dip, you know, got, got a smile on their face? You, don't you want to be around people like that that are, that, are, that, are, that are positive? Who wants to be around someone that's always snapping and, and, you know, down, you know, like miserable? We are supposed to be the light. But some of us, we're like the foolish virgins the oil has started to run out because we didn't have enough of it in the right place so us Christians we are we're the ones that's supposed to be shining and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament they that then turn many to righteousness as stars forever and ever so we are to be the ones that shine. And the, the question of what we're going to be talking about tonight is, how do we interpret that? How do we shine? Is it, is it just in going around telling everybody, you got to be saved? 
Or is it something that they have to notice about us? Why did people follow Jesus? And we know that he had followers even before he did even one miracle. So there must have been something about his words. What he said that attracted people, right? It's what comes out of us. Now, the Bible says in Psalms 119, Thy words have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. It also says thy words are a lamp. If we have the word in here, then we have enough to give light. That's the parable of the virgins, right? They had enough for themselves and they had spare so that when when it was going out, they could replenish. Amen. So the Bible is speaking about us as light and how do we translate that into our daily living how do we become light i'm asking all these questions we're going to discuss this in a minute okay one little technical difficulty here okay john 4 35 36 we've been looking for his coming all this time right but many times we get discouraged well i've heard that since i was a little baby here in John 4, 35, 6, it says, Say not ye that there are yet four months, then harvest cometh. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Sometimes, and I'm very guilty of this, I will say, no, God, you got to do it all. And I don't want to do anything. I want God to send people. Just, just send them. Now, he can do that. But he also said, listen, pray that the, the Lord of the harvest will do what? Send laborers. There is a job for us to do. We've got to let our light shine. There should be something about our conversation or lifestyle that people, once they get to know us, say, well, you're strange. You're different. You don't seem to to carry on like everybody else. You know, if you're royalty, you're going to be different because you know who you are. You know that you're valuable. He says, he that reapeth, reapeth wages, gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he and the sower, he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. There is a blessing in winning souls. There is a blessing in letting your light shine because what you're doing is saving somebody. So how can we be a witness? How can we witness? As I said, do we go around with a sign on our backs? The end is near. You've seen those people, right, with the, with, the, with the billboard, and they say, the end is near. Is, you know, is that effective? How do we become a witness? Think about it. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you all these questions again. John 15, 5 gives us a little bit of a clue. It says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth what? Much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. Nothing. One of the strongest witnesses is a personal witness. When you can tell what you personally experience, it's okay telling someone else's story, but what about if you have a story? If you can tell, well, I was given six weeks to live, And the church prayed for me, and here I am. Now, that's a powerful witness. You know, I I love Sister Diane's testimony, how she refused to believe 
how, I forgot how you put it, that um, the, the church would be more exciting, I think, and then God showed you this ball of lightning. <laughs> so a personal witness is almost the, the most powerful way that we can win people is because when we tell them what God has done, when I can tell you that God has saved my life several times, that's a powerful witness, right? If, and, and if I can tell it and you believe me, then, then I've won somebody. So the scripture tells us that that is the most powerful form of witness. Look at this in Acts chapter 1.8. They're told to tell what have you seen and heard. That's personal. Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses... Unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So the key to witnessing, the key to witnessing is what you can personally say. I have experienced this. Someone was asking me, you speak in tongues? And I said, yes. And they're they're curious because they can't believe that. And I said, yes. And I start telling them the story of how I was seeking for the gift of the Holy Spirit for many years. But I was, I was one of those people that I had told God, he's got to prove it to me. You got to prove it to me, God. You know, I'm not going to be opening my mouth and faking anything. You got you to make me do it. <laughs> that was my attitude. You got to make me do it. And I explained to them, God got to do, make you do nothing. You have to come with a truly repent. And the reason why I got the Holy Ghost was not because I was even really seeking it. I was repenting. I was seeking God's forgiveness. And then I found myself speaking in tongues. And it was kind of shocking to me. And it wasn't even at church. But personal witness then, the Bible says, is the way to go. Because it says here that you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria unto the utmost parts of the earth. Acts twenty two fifteen says, For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. This was to Paul. So when we can say what we have seen and heard, I saw it with my own eyes, right? I don't have doubt that God can pull you out of financial trouble because I've seen it and experienced it with my own eyes, right? I have no doubt that God can be a healer because I've experienced it in my own flesh, so to speak. So personal witness, the key to witnessing and letting our light shine is, is what have you seen and what have you heard? Can you bring that back? Amen. So shining and becoming a light is really becoming like Jesus, right? Isn't that what he did when he went on the Mount of Transfiguration? He showed them when he was saying that I am the light, he was, he was not just even being figurative, but he was being literal. And so our ultimate goal is to become like Jesus. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of the servant. And was made in the likeness of men. So the first step in in becoming like Jesus is to abase ourselves. Right? It's to humble ourselves. It's to not think of ourselves, the Bible says, more than we ought to. 
right? I am nothing without God's mercy and his grace. And he's always taught me that lesson by keeping me needing, needing him. I don't think there's ever been a time in my life when I can just sit back and say, I got this worked out. You know, soul, take your ease. No. Bible says in a time when you think you stand, that's when you're going to be in trouble. I want to stay always dependent on God. That's why Paul said that he realized now in, in, in 2 Corinthians 12 that, that when he was going to glory in what? Infirmities and in weaknesses because he knew at that point he, when he was weak, what did he say? I'm strong, but not in his own self. He was acknowledging the power of Christ. So part of shining the light and becoming like Christ is humbling ourselves and acknowledging that we need him, that we depend upon him. As I taught Sunday, I believe, he led them through the desert for that reason, so that none of them could say we got here by ourselves. And that they, every stage of the desert experience, they needed him. So to be like Jesus, we've got to be completely dependent on, and God at all times. We see that when he sent out his disciples and he said, don't take nothing with you. What? You're sending us on a missionary journey. You say, don't take nothing with you. Don't take no money, no script, no nothing. Just wherever you go, trust God. <laughs> Not going to be many missionaries with that, uh, with that command. But the reason he said that was because he was with them. And what he was saying is, I'm going to take care of you. Amen. And so when we get to that level of trust, then we are really shining a light. Because one of the things that people think about religion, that it's all about money, right? And they, they look at the church as a, a money-making um, enterprise. But truly, we're called not to be focused on the money, but on souls. On souls. Amen. So part of becoming like Jesus is this, that he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant as was made in the likeness of men. And becoming like Jesus means we have to change our thinking. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that he may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What does transformed mean as a Christian? What does it mean? Are you different than when you first came to Christ? Can you actually see the old you? Man, I'm glad I'm not like that anymore. I'm glad I'm not like that anymore. Because that's what the Bible says. If we're going to be shining and be in his image and likeness, we have to be transformed. So how do we shine? I'm going to go back to the last, last, the first verse I read. Ye are a light of the world, a city that is set, hit, set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. So let your light so shine before men. So we can't do like, um, we can't do like the, the middle-aged monks, what they would do is they would go and sit up in a cave and spend years. That was not what God told them to do. We have got to be in the world, but not of the world. We have got to be a light in a dark place. We have got to be uh, uh, something that people wants to know more about. Of What makes you happy? Why are you so happy? 
Why is you so good? Why are you so, so joyful? And you shouldn't be. Amen.